doing a sermon series on the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is a collection of wise sayings, mostly written by King Solomon. And we're just going to get into how to walk our lives out every single day. The book of Proverbs deals with topics like your money, your relationships, your pride, your lust, um, just literally anything that could happen upon you on any day of any week. Proverbs talks about it, and it has a lot to say about those who walk in wisdom and those who walk in folly. It gives us a lot of instruction. We're really excited about that. And so what I'm going to be doing is kicking us off, giving us an overview of what that sermon series is going to be all about. If I had a big idea for the sermon series, it would be the way of wisdom leads to life. Choose life. That's also my big idea for today. The way of wisdom leads to life. Choose life. Okay, would you, uh, yeah, would you rise with me as you're able as we um, read from Proverbs chapter 1? Hit the X. Remember? Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Oh, and I have another intern. Hannah is, our, is an intern. She's not a music intern, but she's going to be interning with me all summer. Yeah. There we go. Steve, can you put the screen down? Thank you. Hallelujah. Okay, good, 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 good. Stop it. Yep, it's good. Okay, cool. Go back one more. Okay, Proverbs 1, 1 through 7. Let's read that in concert. That means all together. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your spirit that is already here. We thank you for your spirit that has invited us to come be with you and with each other. Holy Spirit of God, would you stretch yourself out in me so that I would speak only what you would have your people to hear, God. I pray that our hearts would be softened to hear your word, God. I pray that your word falls on good ground, good soil, God. I pray that we would live our lives of in a godly wisdom and we would walk out lives in godly wisdom so that we can be a testament of your great and glorious grace, your riches and mercy, oh God. You're you're our God, you're our king, you're forever exalted. We praise your holy name. In Jesus' name let us all say Amen. All right, you guys can be seated. Chipper, can you turn me up a little bit? Because I'm really pushing. Turn me up. Is that? Oh, yeah, that's better. Thanks. Thank you. All right. The key term in wisdom, oops, the key term in Proverbs is wisdom. And so that Hebrew word can have the nuance of skill. And that means particularly the skill in choosing a right course of action for the desired result. So in Proverbs, in the book of Proverbs, this word denotes skill in the art of godly living. 
So when I'm talking about wisdom, I'm talking about skill in the art of godly wisdom, of godly living. It's a little bit different than knowledge because knowledge is like what you know up here. But wisdom is when you apply the knowledge to your everyday life. We want to have applied knowledge. It's not good enough just to know the way of the Lord. It's not good enough just to hear what the Lord says. The Bible says that who is faithful is he who hears the word and obeys it. So we're looking for applied knowledge, which is godly wisdom. So why does that matter for us? Why are we even seeking this out? It's so that the lives of God's people carry something like the taste of heaven. We want our lives to be carried, to be known by, with the fragrance of heaven, with the fragrance of Eden. We want people to see us and glorify God. And so this book of Proverbs gives us wisdom on how to live out our everyday lives. The way of wisdom leads to life. Choose life. I'm going to say that one more time. The way of wisdom leads to life. Choose life. What I want y'all to hear today is your actions have consequences. That's what this whole book is about. That's what this whole series is about. Your consequences, your actions have consequences. Naturally speaking, for every action, there's what? An equal and opposite And you might think that that's true for the natural and the physical world. But guess what? God created the natural and the physical world. And he set that law into motion. So everything that we do has an action, has a consequence. I know this because Galatians 6 and and 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever one sows, that also shall he reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But those who sow to the spirit will of the spirit reap eternal life. Our actions have consequences. What we do matters. And I know we're under this dispensation of grace. We are walking in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. God makes us holy without any action on our part, but what we do matters. In order for there to be kingdom fruit and kingdom breakthrough in our lives, we have to lend ourselves to the mission of God, and that is being the light in the world. We, if, we're not, if we're not yielding to the Spirit of God, we don't give the Spirit of God opportunity to work out God's good and perfect will in us. The way of wisdom leads to life. Choose life. Some of us, myself included, don't have no sense and it shows. When we don't apply the knowledge of God in our life, the fruit of it is evident. Everybody can see. Everybody can see those of us that refuse wisdom. Those of us that refuse wisdom will live a life that is dedicated to the consequences of folly. Those that live a life responding to wisdom's voice will reap the consequences of a life dedicated to wisdom. Grace does not give you an immunity from from the fruit of living like a a fool. I'll say that one more time. Grace does not give you the immunity from the fruit of living like a fool. I don't care how saved you are, how many tongues you speak in. If you live like a fool, you will reap the fruit of that on this earth. That's just how it works. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to go to heaven. Absolutely, you know, that's different. But we want to see kingdom breakthrough in our lives. We want to see the applied knowledge of godly wisdom at work in our lives. So the book of Proverbs is written to three distinct groups of people, more or, more or less. We have the wise, we have the simple, and we have the fool. All of us are on a journey. Every single last one of us. We're all walking on the road. We're all on the earth. And it really depends on us what road we'll walk down. So let's talk about the wise. 
The wise or righteous person is the one who has embraced the covenant of God and has grown in wisdom by skillfully applying the knowledge of God to his or her life. But what does it mean to skillfully apply the knowledge of God to one's life? It means hearing the word of God and obeying it. There is a practical element to growth in wisdom. When I say practical, I don't want anybody to hear me say that there's a dichotomy between what is practical and what's spiritual. All of this is spiritual. When I say practical, I mean it's we have to live it out. We have to practice it. Growing in wisdom is practical and spiritual. It requires us applying ourselves and lending an active participation to its development. It's important to understand that godly wisdom is not just gained by going into your secret closet and praying more, speaking in tongues more loudly, and crying in worship. Godly wisdom is gained when we put the word of God into practice in our everyday life. If you want to have wisdom, you've got to, lean, you've got to live it out. You might be saying, how do I know what God is saying? Open up the Bible. I, if you don't read your word, but you're saying God is talking to you, I, I go back again. Go to your word first and allow the spirit to speak truth, speak the truth to you, what's on the pages. The only reason that those words on the pages of scripture have any authority is because they correspond with the everlasting word of God that exists in the heavens. So you've got to start with the word of God. Hear God's word and obey it. The wise have gotten to be wise because they've lived out, like Eugene Patterson says, a long obedience in the same direction. They stayed the course on the way of wisdom and they've learned to avoid earthly snares and entanglements. They've not always been perfect, but in times of weakness, they've returned to their foundation, the fear of the Lord and knowledge of the Holy One. In uh, Proverbs chapter one, verse seven, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It all starts with God. If you're listening and you're saying, I think, you know, I'm the wise. That's me. If you're, as we go through week and week and we say, you know, the wise, his mouth is full of, you know, riches and the Lord satisfies the wise, but the foolish drinks the dirt. You might be like, yeah, that's me. I'm living a life of abundance. I'm going to sit back and let the immature Christians learn what to do and what not to do. The Lord is with me and I've already figured it out. If that's you, you might not be in the wise category. Of the wise, the scripture instructs in verse 5 of chapter 1, let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance. There's something in this book for all of us. If you're super seasoned, if you're super saved, awesome. Let the spirit add on to your wisdom. Let the spirit add on to your knowledge so that you can go and grow in grace. There are deeper depths and higher heights to God that none of us will ever be able to experience in our lifetime. But let's dedicate ourselves to the pursuit of holiness. Let's dedicate ourselves to knowing the wisdom of God. Let's dedicate ourselves to knowing what is righteous living, what is righteous action. We have a lifetime of learning ahead of us and we will not exhaust what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a member of the church, what it means to give God glory in our lifetime. So let those of us who consider ourselves to be wise and those of us who are wise lend an ear to what the spirit is saying. Proverbs chapter three, five says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. That talks about humility. Those that are wise are known for their humility. They don't look at themselves and say, I've got it figured out. They don't look at themselves and say, I've got it all settled. They look at themselves and say, I need to get more wisdom and more understanding from the Lord. And if you think you've got it all figured out, you just might be a fool. 
Let's go to the fool. The fool, the fool. Okay, let me just say this before we even go further. You can be a fool sometimes, the wise sometimes, or simple sometimes. So it just depends on what the circumstance is. Sometimes in your life, you're going to be acting foolish. Sometimes in your life, you will be modeling yourself after the wise. We can each walk in these identities from one time to or another. And of the fool, Proverbs says, the fool despises wisdom and instruction. So one way to see, am I acting foolish or am I acting wise? Ask yourself, am I teachable? Can people approach me and give me wisdom? If the answer is no, you might be acting a little bit more foolish than you think. If you are not teachable, the Bible says you are a fool. Scripture, and that's the same, the Bible also calls a fool the person that says in their heart that there is no God. So if you can't receive instruction, you are headed for destruction. Let's do a heart check right now. Is it stony? Is it hard? Is it uncomfortable? There's a little bit of unteachableness in all of us. That's a pride. That's in all of us. We all have it somewhere. Proverbs 28 and 26 says, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. If you have a spirit of, I don't care what nobody says to me about filling the blank except for Jesus Christ and him crucified and him resurrected, seated at the right hand of the Father, that's idolatry and that's the spirit of pride. And the Bible says you are walking in the path of folly. You're walking the way of fools. If you're not teachable, you're led by your own wisdom. And what wisdom is that? It can't be godly wisdom. It has to be wisdom of this world. And we all know where the wisdom of this world gets us. It leads us to destruction. It leads us to empires that will crush the weak and exploit the poor. A fool is the one who has rejected life in the kingdom of God, who is drunk on the pleasures of the world and willfully turns away from a life submitted to God. A fool is a person steadily opposed to God's covenant. And there may be fools among God's people. I know this because in Proverbs chapter 8, Lady Wisdom calls out to the fool and says, Come return. Return to me and learn sense. There is still hope for the fool. You can be in this room right now and belong to the Lord and be acting more like a fool than acting like Jesus. The fool resists the forgiveness that is found in the covenant. The fool insists on being bound to what the Lord has made him free from. That's what the fool does. The fool's influence is dangerous. The fool causes dissension. The fool causes division. The fool gossips. But the fool, again, is not beyond hope. Here, Lady Wisdom called for the foolish to come to her and learn sense. All right, the next one we have is the simple. Simple is a little bit, you know, in the middle. The simple do not apply the word that they hear. People are going to be like, I'm going to be the simple one because the simple float between obedience and disobedience. They float between commitment and rejection. They float between peace and strife. The simple has not outright rejected the covenant of God and life in the kingdom, but they refuse to lend themselves to obedience and development. The simple are straddling the fence of this kingdom life. They're content to be better than the fool, but too exhausted to exercise the discipline of the wise. The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And sound mind doesn't mean I'm not crazy. A sound mind means I have discipline. 
So if you belong to the Lord and you are one of his, a marker of that is that you will have discipline to allow the spirit to make you more and more like Jesus. It takes discipline to do it. And if we're living lives that are not marked by discipline, if they are not marked by saying no and stepping away, and we just satisfy every desire of our flesh, we're looking more and more and more like the foolish one. We're looking more and more like the father of this world. We're looking more and more like the enemy. So, that's the simple. I myself have a hard time making decisions. I'm not a very black and white type of person. I can see the benefits to both sides. One time I was in Home Depot trying to pick a color for my bedroom. I was deciding between forest green and forester green. And I almost passed out in Home Depot. I lied to you now. I felt nauseous. I had to sit down. I got dizzy. I was just like, oh my gosh, the panic that set in. And the lack of ability to make a decision stemmed from a fear that I would be miserable with my decision forever. If I make the wrong choice, I will never be happy in my bedroom ever. If I choose wrong, I'm stuck in a room that's more olive green than forest green, and I'll never achieve true happiness. I'll be thinking about it for the rest of my life. Every time I close my eyes at night, I'll be thinking of what could have been and what never will be. So I almost passed out in Home Depot. I lied to you now. And it's the same with those of us who vacillate between choosing the way of wisdom or the path of folly. We can see the immediate gratification that folly brings. Indulgence, self-glorification, power, wealth. But we can also see the life of freedom way down in the distance that the way of wisdom brings us. It brings us self-control, temperance, communion with the Father, holiness, joy, freedom from sin. We can see those both. And we kind of know in our heads and our hearts that the path of folly in the distance leads to destruction. But it looks so fun right now. And then when we look at the path of wisdom right here, it looks like, man, I really got to try. It's, self, it's self-discipline. It's patience. It's waiting. It's obedience. It's saying no when I want to say yes. It's saying yes when I want to say no. Where it's waiting, it's suffering, it's separation from our friends, not being able to do the things our friends want to do. It's self-denial. So we try to reap the benefits of both ways. We try to reap the benefits of both while avoiding the things that we don't like. We stay close to those who are wise and try to get some of their overflow. But we're also easily led astray by the foolish, those who have rejected the covenant of God. James says that a double-minded person is as unstable in all of his or her ways. So while we're hopping from one path to another, we're leaving ourselves open to the attack of the enemy. And we're lacking a strong foundation that will help us weather the storms of life. So while I'm hopping back and forth, trying to satisfy my desires, oh, I want to be with Jesus, but I also want to be with the world. This is too hard. I'm tired. This is fun, but I'm kind of getting sick of it, the overindulgence. While we're doing that, our feet are not firmly planted. And the enemy can can, uh, fling its darts at us. The enemy can come against us, but also just everyday life can happen. Sickness happens. Disease happens. Disappointment happens. And we're lost. We're in the wind. We're whirling and we have no foundation because we did not choose. Choose. The simple truth is this. Not choosing is choosing. Proverbs 2.32 says, the simple are killed for their turning away. The simple are killed for their turning away. The simple reach the same end as the fool, and that is destruction. 
Some of us look like the simple on fire for God one day, the next espousing and professing the works of darkness, lips that are filled with praise, but nursing a heart of bitterness, paying close attention to the words of scripture, but ignoring the lost, the rejected, the marginalized, the broken, the poor, refusing to meet needs when we have the means to. Back and forth, one side to another. Our feet are not on solid ground. So as we dig deep into this book of Proverbs and we're examining ourselves and we're allowing the spirit to speak to us about where we are on any particular issue, I want you to remember that the Bible is a cultural document. It was not written to us, but it is for us. It was written in a particular time to a particular group of people. So it takes some applied knowledge. It takes some wisdom to be able to discern how I should live each of these teachings out. And what's interesting is that there are similar ancient Near East texts that espouse the virtues of wisdom. And just like the book of Proverbs, they have wise adages on how to treat others, your family, your friends, how to behave in romantic relationships with your wife or your husband, how to be responsible with your children, with your parents. And this shows those similarities with the book of Proverbs and those other worldly uh, canons of wisdom show us that God is not super cultural. God will speak through the culture that he desires to speak through in a way that we can understand it. God is completely transcendent, but still can use cultural devices. But there is a remarkable difference between those ancient Near East texts and the book of Proverbs. While they agree that following wisdom will lead to success, Proverbs, the book in our, in our canon says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs chapter 9 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Another version says, it all starts with God. Yes, the way of wisdom leads to life, but having, having a foundation of knowing the eternal God leads to eternal life. And that's why this book is more than a list of do this, don't do that. Do that, don't do this especially for those of us who have chosen to follow Jesus, because those of us that have chosen to follow Jesus have the Holy Spirit alive in us. And so that when we follow the wisdom that's outlined in scripture, there aren't only natural results that result in a kingdom life. There's supernatural reverberations throughout the earth based on the decisions that we make. When we have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit compounds the supernatural results of making good choices. So the world can make good choices and they can see good fruit from those actions. But us, the church, those of us who have God's spirit, man, we're doing spiritual warfare when we're, act, we're operating in godly wisdom. We're pushing back the powers of darkness when we're operating in godly wisdom. When we are walking in the wisdom of the kingdom, we represent the kingdom of God well. The kingdom of which we are citizens. Let's not forget, we are not, this world is not our home. The kingdom of God is our home and we represent the kingdom of God here on this earth. And when we, when we represent the kingdom of God well, we are accomplishing the excellent plan of God. That the church would show forth to the rulers and authorities of the heavenly realm that the manifold wisdom of God beats any sort of worldly wisdom that could ever be imagined. The wisdom of our God supersedes any wisdom of any power ever. And the church shows forth that when we're walking in the spirit of godly wisdom, 
We show forth the riches of God's grace. And who are we showing off the riches of God's grace to? It's the world. So the world will know how lavishly he loves us, how lavishly he loves them, and how lavishly he desires to throw and bestow his grace on them. They can't see it as well when we're walking in the path of folly and destruction. They can't see that as well when pride fills our hearts. They can't see it as well when we're filled with lust or with adultery. They can't see it as well when we're stepping over the poor, when we're breaking the backs of the poor. They can't see God's grace as well. And isn't it our desire, people of God, for the world to see the greatness of our God through us? We pray all all the time, God, show your justice, show your mercy. He's like, sister, I'm trying to show it through you, but you're not yielded. God is using us to show the world that he's mighty. God is using us to show the world that he's merciful. God is using us to show the world that he is just. God is using us to show the world that he is full of love. It's not God from on high doing something magical and invisible. No, it is visual, visible. It is tangible. It is through us. All we need to do is yield ourselves to the work of the spirit. And the spirit will give us godly wisdom and godly insight to teach us how to live in this world as men and women in this darkness we need the lord's wisdom i'm tired of operating in my own wisdom and in my own strength i'm tired of trying to figure things out i'm trying to come up with a plan and a strategy for how to get people into the kingdom of god no what i'm saying here right now and i am preaching to myself god i want your wisdom i want your knowledge teach me how to walk in the steps of jesus I need you more and more and more every single day. I need you, God. I need you, God. I need you, God. And if that is not our posture, it should be. Allow the Holy Spirit to soften your heart so that your heart is ever aware of your need for God. We need God. If you're praying for this city, but you're not uh, allowing the Spirit to have a work in you, if you don't have your foundation on knowing the King of glory, man, you got it twisted. You have got to know the creator God, the father God, the God that loves you so well. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of a holy one is insight. And if you want a time of refreshing for your bones, for your soul, lean not on your own understanding, but trust in the Lord. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. That is where you get your time of refreshing from, from walking away from the idol of your own will, from walking away from the idol of your own rationality, from walking away from the idol of your own wisdom. That's when the time of refreshing comes. When we walk through the teachings in this book, the wisdom of this book, let's see with eyes that have been changed by the Spirit of God. If you belong to the Lord, if you are a son or a daughter of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit has taken up residence in you. And you are different now. Your eyes have been changed. Your ears have been changed. Your heart has been changed. So hear these words with those who have been, as those that have been regenerated by the Spirit of God. This series is built to teach you that, to live a life that has a fragrance of heaven. And we're looking for kingdom breakthrough in our everyday lives. This is important. I know we're looking for the spirit to move in signs and wonders. But let me tell you something. The spirit wants to move in your everyday life. God no longer wants you to compartmentalize. This belongs to God and the rest of it is, is up to me. 
No, 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 no. I feel like our, uh, we show forth the glory of God more and more powerfully when we allow the spirit to infiltrate all of our decision making from the way we run our business, from uh, how we spend our money to who, to who we're serving, to who we're giving access to the things we've always had access to. To help who were, listen, the spirit wants access to all of that. The spirit wants to completely change all of that. We're looking for kingdom breakthrough in our everyday lives, at home, at work, in our relationships, in our friendships. We're showing the world what life in the kingdom looks like. And this is ordinary stuff. You're not going to find anything about a word of knowledge or speaking in tongues in the book of Proverbs. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to be talking about healing people or raising them from the dead. No, we're going to be talking about allowing the wisdom of God to infiltrate our everyday thinking. We're going to be allowing the spirit of God. And this is some supernatural stuff. This is not small stuff. It is a supernatural work to allow the spirit to spread itself out in the ordinariness of our lives so that we can bear testimony of the grace of God. Living a life of godly wisdom day in and day out keeps us from looking for that next spiritual hit. I'll say it one more time. Living a life of godly wisdom day in and day out keeps us from looking for that next spiritual hit. If we're just living our lives looking for the next spiritual high, we're missing it. God, Jesus came to give us abundant life and that's every single day. It's not just in the emotionally charged moments. It's every single day for all time and the spirit wants access to that and the spirit wants to give you that. So we're no longer going to be content with just feeling God's presence when we're at church singing the soft songs. I want to feel God's presence when I'm writing checks. I want to feel God's presence when I'm talking to my neighbor. I want to feel God's presence when I'm driving in my car. I want to feel God's presence when I'm filling out a job application. I want to sense God's presence every single day, every single place. That's why when we sing, let us become more aware of your presence. Let us become Let's experience the glory of your goodness. Y'all, that is huge. The presence of the living God is alive in each one of you. Alive in each one of you. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. The exact same power that God exerted when he raised Christ up is alive in you. And you have to access it. If y'all don't get anything else from anything I ever say for the rest of my days, know that you are filled with power. You are filled with power from on high and God wants to use you to break forth his kingdom. God wants to use you to show that his kingdom is breaking through on the earth. God wants to use you. There's a mighty move of God that we ignore every day. And that's that God's spirit has taken up residence in us and is changing us, making us more like Jesus. That's a mighty move of God every day. The spirit of God is making us more like the one who was the perfect example of obedience and fellowship and unity and knowledge of the father. Jesus himself said that no one knows the father except the son and the ones whom the son has chosen to reveal him. And the scripture says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. What did you ask the Lord to show himself to you? God is saying, listen, here I am. Would you be known of me? I desire to be known of you. I'm going to invite the band back up.
desires to be known by us. It all starts with God. It all starts with God. It all starts with God. Jesus came so that, we, so that we would experience true unity with the Father. And that's what we're after. We're after unity with the Father. We're not after the solutions of how to fix the world's problems. We're after unity with the Father. And when we pursue that, the rest of it comes later. It's my prayer that we would live a life that is continually and in, in increasing measure yielded to the Spirit of God. So throughout this sermon series, throughout this summer, incorporate the book of Proverbs into your time with the Lord on your own and in your house churches. I encourage you to read the text with eyes that have been enlightened by the Spirit. Some folks in here don't know the Lord and the intimacy that I've described. You are in the right place at the right time. If you do not know Jesus, you're here because you've responded to the Lord's call. God brought you here because he wants you to know that he can, he will, and he wants to completely change your life from the inside out. You may have been trying to fix your life on your own. You might be frustrated from living a life of folly and you're looking for some relief. You might be completely happy with your life, but there's something in you that keeps longing for something greater, something more. Today you have an opportunity to access, to have access to abundant life, empowered life, and eternal life today. You are invited to life in the kingdom. You are not alone. God is with you. God sees you. God loves you. God wants to change you. To change you into who you were always meant to be. This is not changing you into something weird or something foreign. No, this is the you that God originally designed. This is the you that God has originally intended. He wants that you. He wants to bring that you out. God wants to give you life beyond what you could have ever imagined for yourself. God wants to fill you with his spirit. And all of this is made possible through the work of Jesus Christ. Empowered living, abundant living, eternal life. It's all made possible through the work of Jesus on Calvary. Jesus Christ, who left his throne, put on sinful flesh, put on humble flesh, but knew no sin, lived and walked the earth, preaching that the kingdom of God was at hand. He lived and he died for us, was raised to life for us, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, and he will come again for us. And this is what we celebrate at this table. Every time we break bread and drink of this cup, we are commemorating the liberating work of Jesus Christ for all who would accept it. We're celebrating access to the Father. We're we're celebrating the ability to participate in the divine nature, like Peter says. We can now participate in the divine nature. It was the divine nature of God who spoke a word and the earth came into form. And we've been invited into that. That's so holy. We don't deserve it, but God offers it to us freely. We who are weak, who we are dead in our sin, who were dead in our sins, God gives his power 
so that when we make godly decisions again and again and we create and cultivate a disciplined life of wisdom and knowledge, we are sending spiritual reverberations throughout the world and we are making brighter the testimony of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's prepare our hearts for communion. Servers, would you come? 1 Corinthians chapter 11 says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And he is coming. We celebrate that he came once, and we're celebrating that he's coming again. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. The qualification for you to participate in this meal is an acknowledgement of your need for God. So let's take a moment to be still before the Lord. Father, we thank you for this table. We thank you for the reminder of your great and glorious sacrifice. We thank you for access to you. We thank you for access to your Father, to our Father. We thank you that we've been invited into the family of God because of your sacrifice. We thank you that we no longer bear the guilty stain of sin. You've completely freed us. You've completely made us clean. You've completely made us whole. God, we thank you. We thank you for your blood that was shed and your body that was broken for us. Lord, help us not ever to take it lightly, take it for granted. We thank you for your sacrifice. Be exalted. You are exalted. You are forever glorified. Worthy is the lamb who sits upon the throne of God, and that is you. O Lamb who was slain from before the foundation of the world, we say worthy, worthy, worthy are you. Worthy to receive honor, worthy to receive glory, worthy to receive power. We thank you for this table. We thank you for this reminder, God. We thank you that this reminds us that we're all equal. Every single person that comes to this table you see as the same. Your beloved son, your beloved daughter. We thank you for this. And we celebrate it and we celebrate you. In Christ's name, amen. So come and receive. I'm going to ask the prayer team to go to their posts. If you want to respond to the Lord, if you want to receive prayer, if you want to pray to receive the Lord, if you don't know something's going on in your heart, please go with one of our prayer ministers and have them pray with and for you.
Anybody else, you can come. Uh, everybody else can come and receive communion. We do have a gluten-free option here. Come whenever you're ready. Foolishness, I know. 
was wiser than my wisest, wiser, wiser. It's foolishness, I know, but your foolishness is wiser than my wisest, wiser, wiser. For you, I pour it out, for you, I pour it out, I pour, I pour it out. You are worthy, 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 Lord. You are worthy, 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 Lord. You are worthy, 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 Lord. You are worthy, worthy, worthy. Can we keep singing it? Sing. You are worthy, 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 Lord. 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 May your will be done. May your will be done. Take this heart of stone. I Share your heart, share 
Praise God. Now, how many of you think God is listening when we said that? You think God is listening? All right. That's good. So, so bring it, bring it down a little bit. So, Brother Allen here wants to share something that I believe is God sharing his heart with us. So, come on, brother. First, I want to thank Aaron for bringing um, just an extremely powerful word. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you so much. I, I just sensed in, in, my, in my spirit when the word was being presented that there were reactions in each of our hearts. And sometimes those reactions can have this feeling of defensiveness or this feeling of a deposit of shame. 
Like somehow we were becoming permanently labeled the wise, the fool, or the simple. What I sense that God wants to encourage all of us in is that there is good news. That just like the stone that was put in front of Christ's grave, the stone of shame can be easily rolled away. So be encouraged as you leave here today. Do not let the stone remain. The enemy puts shame as a stone in that place. Be encouraged to ask the Father to remove that stone from your life. Mm -hmm. Invite people in. Do not let that shame remain, that stone remain. Bring people in. Bring community in to help you with that. Yeah, that's good. Praise God. Do a little bit, test a little. That's good, sweetie. That's good. That's good. Share your heart with me. He's listening. He's listening. He's listening to you. Come on, come on. Yeah, share your heart, God. Share your heart with me. That's good. That's good. Praise God. I tell you what, I do also want to just affirm the word of God. Amen. Don't you like when somebody just preach the word? They don't play around. They don't put a lot of Google, Google in it. They just, they're just the word of God. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. But here's the deal. That's scary. I hope y'all are getting ready for this Proverbs thing. This is scary stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm no, I'm serious. Because it's God provoking us to be held accountable. He loves you, okay? He don't want you to be condemned, but he is asking us to, come on now, come on, step it up. Turn to the person beside and say, come on now, step it up. Step it up, step it up. Read the Bible. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Let me share this with you again because I enjoy, I enjoy living this stuff and, and, it, and, it, and it's manifesting just like I was teaching. It's miracles are manifesting. But if we can't see the miracles because we we think we do stuff. But today, uh, I got here late today because I was where God wanted me to be. Preach, preacher. Huh? That's right. Sometimes God might have you somewhere. Don't worry about it. Just be where God wants you to be. Now, most of y'all, you're supposed to be here on time, so try to do that. All right. Praise the Lord. Say, he ain't talking about me. He's talking about that other person. But um, I was down at the market at 25th Street. Come on, come on, yeah. So here we go. Like Aaron said, practical. Look, we can live this out. Go spend your money at the market at 25th Street. Don't, don't, look, look, look. Hello. Go spend your money at the market 25th. So, so the market at 25th today, they hosted a celebration of diverse, authentic expression. Okay. So that, it was, it was crazy. It was awesome. You know why it was awesome? Cause the Jesus people showed up too. It was well, everybody was welcome. Everybody was welcome. But the people of God were there just, just presenting their authentic expression. And it was so beautiful how God can just come in if you let him. If you have not met Miss Murray Thompson, you need to try to find a way to meet her. She is the matriarch of Churchill. Matriarch. 
But at the end of the thing, at the end of the gathering, they gave her the mic. And she just, she's 82 years old. A little young brother, you know, 19 years old, had been rapping. You know, he was, he was at it, going at it, rapping. And she said, baby, you need Jesus, baby. Just make sure you got Jesus. Now, work, now look, look, look. Then she said, I, I'm down with you, son. Come to our night out, national night out. We want you to come. We want you to come and perform at that. But what did she do first? You need Jesus, baby. See, this is not rocket science, ladies and gentlemen. And we don't have to be religious. We don't have to be in religious spaces if it's real. And this is what this whole series is going to prove in us. Is this, do we really believe this? That's all. That's not like. So go ahead and look at the person beside you and say, get ready. Get ready. The proverbial is about to come down. And if, if we lean into it, we're going to be a different people. So, uh, come on, would you, would you honor Aaron again, though? Would you honor the woman of God? Praise God. All right, let us stand in as we um, are dismissed. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, will, and abide with you now and forevermore. Let all God's people say amen. All right, go get your children. Don't forget they're there. Oh, and chairs, chairs, chairs. We're going to pull out the... Uh